I guess we'll call this segment, Debbie, you once said. <laughs> so here we go. Debbie Flower is here, America's mm-hmm. favorite retired college horticultural professor. And Debbie, you once mentioned that insecticidal soap, and you did this back in episode 220. You mentioned that in- insecticidal soap is different from making a homemade insect killing soap. Right. Even though one is soap and one is probably not soap, it's more of a detergent. Right. Yeah. Many people try to make their own pesticides at home. You see it all over the place. People talk about it. People write about it. People give it as hints, whatever. And that is kind of dangerous. I don't know what they're thinking when they're saying this. A pesticide that is a legal pesticide, it has been through extensive testing and checking for toxicity to humans and plants, both long-term exposure toxicities and one-time exposure toxicities. And for humans, it's on the skin, it's in the eye, it's if you swallow it. All of that's been tested and it's been proven to be within safe limits. And I know people don't like to hear that maybe within safe limits, that they don't want it to harm them at all. However, there are so many things in this world that can harm us that we ingest or expose ourselves to regularly, like caffeine, sugar. Glyphosate. Right. That's one that people don't like to expose yeah, themselves yeah. to. But we are. It's in our urine, according it, to new test results that just came out. It's in. It's used extensively in the environment. And if you're not consuming strictly organic foods, it's in the foods you eat, potentially. Right. Well, that brings up something that you mentioned in episode 221 during our discussion of whiteflies, that you only use chemical controls that break down into substances that are naturally occurring on Earth, which is you don't know that much about chemicals. That's kind of hard to figure out. Right. So organic production is not pesticide free. Organic production allows organic pesticides and organic pesticides are made from assuming the law holds as such, made from things that exist on Earth, were once alive, are still alive, or are mined. They're not created in a laboratory. They're not modified. The thing we were talking about that day was um, pyrethrum, pyrethrin, and pyrethroid. An insect killer. An insect killer, right. An insecticide. The names sound a lot alike, and they are a lot alike, the substances are. So basically, if that product that you're using, insecticide product you're using, says pyrethrum or pyrethrin, you're okay. Right. Okay. The other thing it will show is the USDA organic symbol. Well, that's questionable as far as the value of that. There are those who are questioning, well, what is truly organic anymore when you consider well, yes. how widespread a lot of uh, herbicides are, for example, and the use of herbicides on crops. So are you talking about food that we eat now? I'm taking it back one notch to... If it's used, if the chrysanthemum is used in the organic, in the production of organic pesticide, it cannot be grown in an environment that has inorganic pesticides in it. To convert from a conventional field to organic, or just any field, to organic production, and you're licensed and you're filing your paperwork, you're truly organic. It's not... No pesticides used. It's your truly organic. It takes three years. You have to, before you're allowed to call it organic. And if you're going to produce organic pesticides from chrysanthemums, the chrysanthemums have to be grown in a field that has gone through the three-year conversion. And you have to test regularly. You have to send in your results, blah, blah, blah. And the only things used to grow it are organic. 
Oh, I'm thinking of another question that came in. We might as well get into that, too, from um, Carla in Vacaville, who says, have you done a post and help me with the pronunciation of this. Oh. Aminopyrrolid? Um, pyrrolid. Aminopyrrolid. 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 That's how I would say it Okay, anyway. well, we'll go with it. You just say it the way it sounds oh. to you and smile. Oh, there, thank you. Be confident. Thank you, yes. Have you done a post on aminopyrrolids? Asks Carla in Vacaville. She says, I scrolled through and didn't find one. Not sure how to do a search on podcast to find that particular topic. We adopted two Nigerian dwarf goats to provide milk for us and fertilizer for our suburban backyard garden beds. Seems like the perfect solution, fertilizers and mulch. But if the hay... They drop a significant amount of hay and won't eat it, and their manure is contaminated with the aminopyrrolids, then we would be killing our gardens in a few years if we use it. I asked a local hay grower, and she says it's very difficult to find organic hay in California. It will be sprayed with something, not necessarily aminopyrrolids. She said she has never had a problem with her hay or manure in our garden beds, and California is so strict with what can be used. Maybe. Aminopyrrolids might not even be used in California. I called our hay provider, she says, and the front desk didn't know if aminopyrrolids were sprayed on their hay, but their hay is safe for animals. So basically, I'm just questioning, is everything we know wrong? <laughs> well, they, you know, people try to skirt the laws. Being an organic, a true legal organic producer of anything is a lot of work. It's a lot of paperwork. You have to report every month what pesticides you've used, even if you haven't used any, and they can come out and test your soil. It's a it's a lot of work. And so people tend not to want to do it. And, and, and I'm sure there are ways to skirt the laws. There's people, you know, people are people. They always find ways to skirt the laws. But if it's done by the book, then organic hay would be fed to, if you go buy organic goat meat, it cannot have been exposed to this hay. You would have to find organic hay. And I believe Chuck Ingalls did. Chuck Ingalls, uh, who was the very well-educated cooperative extension specialist for Sacramento County Horticulture and is no longer with us, did the work to find organic hay. I believe that mm. for the uh, Faro Court Center and possibly for his own personal use. That's my memory. I think that's right. Probably straw. Uh, yes, it would be straw. Okay, yeah. straw is just the stems, and hay is the has the grain still attached to it. So you're right; it's probably just straw, which is used in as mulch in a in a garden. Mm -hmm. And he was aware of the problems. He's very well educated, and did not want to introduce these chemicals, these particular chemicals. We sort of swung from organic to the total other end of the pendulum. These are very long lived chemicals that can build up in soil just from the hay or straw sitting on your soil. It's a really extreme contamination potential. One of Carla's concerns uh, is a concern of many organic growers about using horse manure and to figure out, well, what they were eating, was that sprayed or not sprayed with what they ate? And horse manure can carry remnants naturally of whatever the horse consumed. Right. Horse manure is something you really have to know what that horse ate. I've heard of multiple. I was a advisor 
I had Chuck Ingalls' job before Chuck Ingalls had his job. How Not- old are you? <laughs> uh, I didn't have it for very, very long because the state ran out of money. But oh, well. I heard more than one story. All of a sudden, people had noxious weeds in their yard. And one of the questions I would ask them is, had they brought in horse manure? And many times it was true that they had Horses are... Uh, they're not ruminants. They're not ruminants. Yeah, I was trying to say a positive instead of a negative. But horses uh, don't digest their food very thoroughly. A cow and a goat, which are ruminants, have four stomachs and break things down. At least I think a goat does. Over and over and over again, they sit there, the cows burp up their cut and rechew it, and it's exposed to stomach acids, etc. I really don't know their digestive system well. Somehow but, methane is involved. Yeah, it's produced anyway. <laughs> yes. What comes out as in the manure is very well digested, and seeds in general are not viable, meaning they do not have life. Whereas that, and things pass through horses very quickly, and if they have eaten a weed in the field with some seed on it, it comes through in a nice little warm, moist highly fertilized package of manure that then if you bring it to your yard, you're planting it there. So horses, if they're eating this hay, I I don't know how they would react. I don't know what the issue would be. I I wonder if it would make them sick. They sound like living seed bombs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So there's an option. Feed them seeds you want to have in your, where the field where they go and, and, and then they'll plant it. So good idea, Fred. You should patent that. There you go. That's how we'll get our clover seeds next there you time. Go. All right. We, we've come a long way from deciding how to figure out if what you're applying in the way of a, a pesticide is, is going to break down into naturally occurring chemicals or not. Right. Is there more than just pyrethrums and pyrethrins? Oh, no. There's lots of things. I got uh, it. Is one safety outlet for the confused gardener. And aren't we all confused at this point? Just choose an organic product. Organic does not mean it is not toxic. Correct. Rotenone, which was is an organic product as well, is extremely toxic. But the toxicity with rotenone and with pyrethrums lasts, we talk about half-life when we're talking about chemicals, lasts hours only. Mm. The reason pyrethroids were created and they are made in a laboratory and the structure of the pyrethrin chemicals is changed. And so it has a new name, pyrethroid. And the the reason they are thought of as beneficial is that their half-life is much longer, many more hours. And so with the pyrethrums and the pyrethrins, if you want to kill that pest, that insect, you got to get it on that insect during application. With the pyrethroids, you have a little more time, a little more what's called residual, uh, a little more of the chemical hanging around. And when the, if the insect shows up a few hours later and consumes the plant, it will still be toxic. But when that pyrethroid ultimately breaks down, it is something that never existed on Earth before because it was modified in a laboratory. So getting back to Carla's question about what to feed the Nubian goats, does she have any other alternatives besides hay? Well, goats can eat alfalfa. It is not beneficial for them to have a uh, diet of only alfalfa. Alfalfa is richer uh, in its its protein content. It, it, it's different than hay. But alfalfa is killed by that pesticide, mm-hmm. the amino pyrolid. So... It's, uh, although, you know, again, if it's not organic, then there's, I don't know what they used on it. If it's organic, I don't know what they used on it, but organic pesticides tend to, although they can be very toxic, they tend to break down very quickly. And I know that's a blanket statement, so don't take it to apply to everything. 
There are exceptions to all rules in horticulture. But I wondered if they were eating the hay, perhaps she could feed them alfalfa because the alfalfa would be killed by that pesticide. Therefore, there would be none of that pesticide in the alfalfa. But it could be part of the diet. Yes. Okay. It, it is, I th believe, I've never raised goats, but from my, the reading I did, I believe alfalfa is a, uh, a a good thing to feed to goats. Okay, but not not exclusively. Correct. All right. So, you know, I, I feel sorry for homesteaders who are trying to make their way through this maze to grow your family and grow food and, and, and grow your uh, animals as well. You have to be part scientist. Yes. Too. Well, obviously Carla is because yeah. her what she decided to do was to to grow peas. I think it yeah, was. those peas. Peas in in media uh, with some of the soil that she worries is contaminated, and then some that she soil that she knows is not contaminated, and see if there's uh, a, a different result. A, a, an herbicide a pet will gen, which this amino pyrolid is, will show distortions in the plant as it grows. Typically, they'll be, they could be stunted, they could be twisted, they could be poor colors. And so she, it's called doing a bioassay. So testing the media by planting some seeds in it. And that, that's exactly what a scientist would do. Yeah. Yeah. So she's part scientist. Yes, she is. Perfect for homesteading. Yes. Well, <laughs> the other thing she could do, although she says she lives on a suburban lot, is to grow her own hay. But you need space for that. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Or go grow what the goats will eat. But uh, I, I suspect they'll eat more than she can grow in a suburban lot. Yeah, and know your vendors. Know your vendors. Seek them out. I believe Chuck Ingalls found the straw in Merced, the organic straw. Um, but that was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, that's a long way to go for it straw. Is. Right, it is. Yeah. And I don't know if they deliver. I don't know if Peaceful Valley Farm Supply up in Grass Valley, they do do mail order. But I don't know if they carry uh, organic straw. But those are places I would look. Yeah. Be cheaper to go up there and pick it up. We also were talking. We started talking about the soaps. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember soaps. soaps. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people want to make their own pesticides, but realize that what you're making these pesticides with, if it's your dish soap, your Dawn dish soap, or whatever, is a toxin at some level. All poison, all toxicity, is about amount. Uh, even water is toxic to a human if you drink too much of it. We drink water. All the time, it's advised we drink water. It's often advised we drink more water. But if you drink too much, it will kill you. And that was proven by a, a very unfortunate incident with a radio contest here. So anything you put in to your homemade pesticide has not been tested as a pesticide. You don't know if you've got the amount right. You don't know if it's really going to work on the pest that you're trying to control. All of those tests have been done by first the, the federal EPA. They're actually done. I know this sounds awful, but they're done by the chemical company that, that is trying to get the label for the EPA to approve the pesticide label for them. They have to do a certain number of tests. They have to do tests and show the results to the EPA, but they don't have to show all the results. This is a conundrum I have. If the, the results come back bad, they don't have to show the EPA that. But it, they have to show a certain number of tests that show that the chemical is effective, that it is not toxic to humans, or if it is at what level. And everything is toxic. So what the toxicity level is called, it's called the lethal dose. LD50. LD50, right. The lethal dose that will kill 50% of the population. Everything's done on 
50%, half-life, 50% of the population, because everybody's different. Some people are going to live through everything and some are going to die in an instant. So it's done by the 50% rule. What plants it may harm, uh, what other things it may harm, fish, uh, other wildlife, birds, uh, all those tests have to be done, submitted to the EPA. Then the EPA has to go over the tests. They have people who know statistics. They have people who know test setup. They have people who know plants. They have people who know soils. It's human toxic, all kinds of special people. They all read these tests. And if it passes muster, then it's labeled by the EPA. Then most states redo the data, look at it again and see if it fits in to what that state thinks is best for the people who are citizens of that state. It's a rigorous process and what you make at home doesn't go through the rigorous process. So you have a greater chance of creating something that is harmful to you and to your plants and to the environment. Perhaps for one reason or another, you want to get your water tested, especially if you live on a well. You should get your water tested in in the sand age just to see what's uh, coming through your faucets. Quality of water can be toxic to plants. There's no question about yes. that. And that would be into whatever homemade recipe you're, you're mixing as right. well and could compound the problem. It could. Too. If you're living in a place with a, if you have a water softener, that water is very toxic to plants. It's a lot of salt. Yes. Could be, yeah. Yes. It has sodium. The levels of sodium, plants need sodium, but in a very small amount, the levels of sodium in a water softener, in many water softeners, some don't use sodium, will kill a plant. If you get your water tested, try to do it with a firm that is also not selling water softening equipment. Very good point. There are independent testing agencies out there that will test your water and give you an unbiased set of results. So you really want that. And if you're on a well, you may uh, also want to find out uh, if there are pesticides in your water from runoff if you're in an agricultural region, uh, and that would be a special request. Right. That requires more special money. Yes, it does. But boy, it's worth it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you definitely get that. I worked with my dad on landfills, garbage dumps. And uh, at the time, we were looking at where the methane was moving to, and it was killing plants. And uh, one of the places we went across the street from the landfill was a farmer. He grew corn. And he lived on, he and his family lived on the property. The wife had lost several babies, some in utero and some when they were very young. They finally, my dad said, get your water tested. There was nitrogen in the water from, uh, he was on a well, grew corn. To grow corn, you use a lot of nitrogen fertilizer and it made it way into the well. And then that binds with the oxygen carrying uh, parts of the blood in a human and it uh, caused these babies to suffocate. It's serious business. Like nitrous oxide or something. I don't know the chemical that forms, but yeah, it it blocks the blood's ability to carry oxygen. Yeah, get your your water tested. Get your water tested. Yeah, definitely. Pay the money. If you're on a well, definitely. And And if you're in an ag area or other manufacturing or former manufacturing. Double check and triple check anything you do these days. There's just uh, so many possibilities where if you're trying to be organic or feed your family or raise animals as safely as possible, know all the permutations involved and uh, maybe be like Carla and start doing your own testing. Yeah, she did a great job. Thank you, Debbie. You're welcome, Fred.